On this week's episode of Where is the Love, we're going to take a bit of a break from current events. It's been, uh, we've had very heavy episodes uh, in, in recent weeks. We thought we'd pick back up on the story of our love. And so uh, on this week's episode, we'll uh, share the story of our engagement and maybe a few other stories as well. You're listening to Where is the Love? is where is the love i'm michael Ware. i'm melissa Ware. and uh as usual i mean probably a, a a significant percentage of our shows are recorded when there's a storm outside yeah a quiet storm actually it's not a quiet storm it's actually quite loud so we want to just warn you if you hear anything in the background that's just some thunder going <laughs> yeah yeah you really cut right to the chase there yeah uh <laughs> but uh we we did decide uh, episodes have been heavy. I mean, news yeah, has been heavy, and you know there were some Supreme Court decisions this week, uh, but yeah. so much of this week was sort of really still reactions to uh, Dobbs. Yep. Uh, and so, um, I think obviously the biggest. Well, I don't know if I we. A lot happened this week. Biden went for NATO. He wrapped up the uh, G7. That's right. Um, and then the January 6th committee hearing was off the wall mm-hmm. crazy. But so a, a lot of news happened. Um, we covered a great, we covered uh, quite a bit of it on the morning five throughout the week. Um on this episode, we figured we need a break from talking about heavy stuff on this show. Maybe you do, too. And we also thought, uh, for folks who don't want to hear about our relationship, they can just skip this episode. Well, we're going to tell you right off the bat that's what we're talking about on this episode. And so, really, feel free to, yeah, to, I mean, to skip it. If you don't like love, just right, go right ahead. <laughs> so where we left off was... Uh, and this was episode 15. Uh, we talked about how we started dating in high school. Uh, talked about uh, my breaking up with Melissa at a funeral parlor. Yeah, everyone seemed to glob onto that one, and rightfully so. <laughs> Same here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, me too. Uh, <laughs> and so... I think this episode we wanted to cover up to engagement, but that that actually we're going to try and keep this uh, as a brief episode in our lives. It covers a lot of years. A lot of years. I mean, yeah. so I went, uh, I went to college, and as we discussed in episode fifteen, one of the reasons why I didn't think we should date is because I was going off to college. You were a year younger. You were a year yeah. behind. You what what was. Uh, 
that senior year of high school, like I wasn't, it's weird that we've, we've spent so much of our lives together and yet there's that year of yeah. high school that I, I mean, we talked all the time, but what was, what was that year of high school like? Uh, it really, it wasn't remarkable. Like I, I missed you a ton. And I mean the first, so this was, you know, September, 2006, Michael's in Washington, DC, going to George Washington university. I'm back up in Buffalo. Um, am I starting my senior year? And like, you know, at the very beginning, I was a bit nervous starting off that year because I knew that you were still on the edge, still iffy about this relationship. And you were meeting a ton of people. And you, a lot of ladies. Yes, many ladies. And you told me about a lot of them. And I was like, honestly, <laughs> do you need to tell me about every single one that you think is having a crush on you? Like, Open communicator. Oh, okay. Um, but for me, I mean, I was always so busy in high school. I was class president. Um, I did the play that fall. I did the musical in the spring. Um, I was, you know, waiting on college decisions um, because I mostly applied to DC University. So, you know, I had a co- I had a core group of friends through our, our our show choir, and I had a best you know two best childhood friends, Brian and Chelsea. And so, like, I had a good group of friends um, to get me through a year. So it was. It went fast. I missed you a lot, but it really didn't. It's kind of like how our long distance always is because we keep up our communication so much when we had our various bouts of long distance. We wrote letters. We wrote emails. Like I learned how to write a love letter. Did I do a better job communicating that year of high school than I did uh, when I was at Boy State? (laughs) 100%. Okay. Because you essentially in October that the the end October 31st of 2006 so like two months into you being in college I went down to Georgetown and GW to do um, admissions interviews and we hung out and you always say that that's when you fell in love with me and so I started to feel more secure and your communication blossomed with me because you were falling in love with me Finally, yep. I mean, do you want to tell people what it was like? Why well, did you no. fall in love I with mean, me? I mean, yeah, no, that was just such a special trip. I mean, I think I was uh, probably well. So a couple things. Uh, I had, you know, I left for college in like a blur, and then we had been talking while I was away, obviously. And just the talking made me, you know, I'm I'm really excited to see Melissa, excited to see a a familiar face, (laughs) like Mm. just generally. Uh, And so, and and then you came and it was great. I mean, we we had a wonderful, we had a wonderful uh, sort of uh, time together and and we got, we got along better than I had remembered us. Back in high school, it was just such a special trip. I remember uh, walking around the World War II Memorial, which is just so beautiful and romantic. And romantic. Um, so yeah, so that was great. So that's that was October. Uh, in February of uh, 2007, uh, we won't tell the full story here. Uh, I met Barack Obama in the lobby of a hotel room. Mm-hmm. Ten months later, I was in Iowa yep. for the Iowa caucus. Um, I mean, college. How would you describe my college experience? Uh, barely there. 
Yeah, yeah. That's... I mean, you just you did the absolute bare minimum for credits and courses. Not like in not an effort, but in just in order to pursue basically your career. Um, it turned out that you know your acumen for politics was just incredible at that age and so like your degree is like it was almost like a piece of paper that you had to get in order to sort of say yes I you know I went to college sort of thing you know you know to whomever it is that asks but like you you really you spent so much time on that campaign and then in the White House you were in the White House at the age of 20 you were in your junior year of college yeah yeah yeah. yeah. but so okay so uh so you finish up your senior year you had been visiting all kinds of yeah. schools. And I, I, I was, correct me if I'm wrong, I was trying not to put too much pressure on oh, you. Oh, you didn't put any pressure on me at uh, all. And I just knew I wanted international relations. And so, like, D.C. was DC was the place to do it. And it really, really, really helped that you were there. Yeah. Because I almost went to University of Richmond. Um, that was basically the choice that I that I was making between University of Richmond and American University, and I chose American University. You know, there's an alternate history where you go to SICE, go to the Bologna program, <laughs> meet some boy in Bologna, and that's your life. And I have to watch all that unfold. Uh, so I'm really glad. I'm really glad that I did really, not go to Johns Hopkins SICE. Yeah. Really glad, really glad you went to American. But you come, and I... Leave. We were together yeah. for a semester. Yes. Uh, which was a great semester because Melissa had a great meal plan at <laughs> AU that I would make sure I got uh, in on. Because GW, GW was a weird, didn't really have a cafeteria. Yeah. I mean, it kind of did, but not really. It was more like a food court and... Plus, I didn't have money, so I was very glad to to get off of your meal plan, which is amazing. Shout out TDR, right? TDR, <laughs> yes, TDR. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's TDR, the dining, baby. That's the main dining hall. Uh, yeah, I had an unlimited meal plan because you know they kind of convince every parent this is what your kid needs, and I learned pretty quickly after a semester. No, I need to lower this meal plan. I have loans. Yes, right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm paying for this education. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't have unlimited meals, but you still came and made sure that I completely fulfilled my meal plan that I got my money's worth that I'm now still paying off right now, literally. Yes. <laughs> I, little did I know that I too would be paying it off. <laughs> it, I thought it was a deal, but alas, <laughs> there's no such thing as a free alas, meal. Um, so uh, actually, now that I think about it, we, I mean, we just barely got a full semester. Yeah. I left right after... Christmas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to do Iowa, and then I, I, um, oh yeah. So that's how it happened. So 2007, I leave December 2007. I did like a month and a half mm-hmm. on the campaign. Yep. Decided I needed to come back because I had already paid for my dormitory. Yep. So I did come back that spring, as you know. I was like kind of depressed about it. So depressed. And you that's when you did the musical, right? That's when I did the musical. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So weird side story, which is so I I left the campaign with no promise that there'd be a spot for me, but I You're you. I grew up like very working class and dorm 
it was like ten thousand dollars. So the options were go back and uh, do a semester, and you know uh, have the housing that I paid for, or literally swallow that ten thousand, eleven thousand dollars for for a dorm. So I came back. Uh, the campaign is going on, right? So in April of, of that semester is when all the Reverend Wright stuff popped off. And and I'm watching all this, sending like emails to the campaign staffers I knew with my opinion. I'm sure they love that. Uh, um, uh, I'm at GW. The one thing that did keep me occupied was I did a student theater uh, musical. I uh, got the lead in it. Uh, it was kind of like the last exertion of that potential career path for me. I, I knew I wasn't good enough to make it, but because I left the campaign, I, you know, I thought, well, why don't I, why don't I at least like get back in theater? The show was crazy, called The New Brain, written by William Finn, and uh, I'm on stage for like the entire show. It's like 27 numbers. I'm in a coma for the like most <laughs> yes. of the second half of it, but. But I'm not just lying on stage in a coma. It sort of like goes in my mind and there are some weird... It, it's a weird show. A, it's a weird show. There's a dude dressed as a frog. There's a dude dressed as a frog. There's a, there's a photo every like few years. I'll, I'll share the photo. And I'm in like a hospital gown. And then it's this great dude. Uh, as dude I think his name was Adam. Just hilarious who played the frog. Um, but so, so, you know, all that is happening. And I am... Uh, I'm doing this this show, and then I am able to get back on for the summer. So yep. I go back out to campaign headquarters in May, stay through fall semester um, of 2008. Yep. And uh, I visited you. You visited in me in Chicago, Chicago that July. which is amazing. I visited for 12 days. And um, the people who were housing you were were willing to house me as well for those twelve days, and I helped out on the campaign. And I I did I made some big mistakes, and you were oh like, my <laughs> goodness. Okay, y'all. So we're sending out uh, this email for a uh, uh, campaign project we were doing, and Melissa was volunteering, helping, and. Uh, she didn't put the name, the email addresses in BCC. I did not know what BCC was. She had no, she had idea. no idea. Did what, not know it what, existed. What, what, uh, what to blind copy even even meant. So this email went out <laughs> with like from a campaign that, advocate. You know, with oh, their name on it. Man, it was not. It was not good. It was were, not good. You were so mystified. I was like, oh, I was mystified. No. <laughs> and I was like. Um, I'm gonna get fired. Yeah, I felt really bad. I'm gonna get fired from my unpaid internship. <laughs> um, but you came to Chicago. That was great. We won the campaign. I came back, got a job on the inaugural. That time I was getting paid, and then uh, I I was offered a job at the White House. I believe that, um, but I continued my studies. So. Um, but when I came back in 2009, yeah. when did I start at the Willoughby? Was that you, right away or did I dorm? Was I dorming at Mitchell during that first semester I was working at the White House? Oh, man. You were at Mitchell. 
I think I was at Mitchell. Yeah, you were at Mitchell. You were in a dorm room and also working at the White House. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, because yeah. I stayed with the Colliers. Yes. And then During I During the inaugural. Went, and then I went to Mitchell? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. And then I took night classes for my last year, year and a half. Uh, while I was at the White House to get my to get my degree, w- what was it like? What was I like when I was? What was our relationship like when I was working in the White House? And you know, what do you like recall from that period, sort of two thousand nine to when we got engaged in twenty ten? It was like I look back on it now, and I think, thank God we were young. And naive and didn't know anything else. Because, I mean, that's what I I often look back on that whole time of you being the White House and the different opportunities you had and the opportunities I got to have with you and how just incredible they were. And I had no preconceived notions about what would it be like to be dating somebody who works at the White House. You worked like 80-hour work weeks. You had the night classes. I was in school. um, And uh, I was concentrated on, you know, you know, keeping my GPA up. And I was working at the State Department during that time. I also was helping out a professor at that time. So I was doing like a work study with him, working at the State Department, going to school, you're working eight hours a week. So we were just constantly either meeting for dinner or like I'd walk over from the State Department while uh, during my lunch break because you were about, I don't know, 10 blocks away. So I'd like speed walk over there, bring you lunch, say hello, and then, you know, speed walk back kind of thing. Um, So it was chaotic, but I didn't know anything else. So I didn't dwell on the fact that I was tired, that you were tired, that we didn't see each other as much as we probably wanted to. Um, You know, we lived apart and everything until we were married. Uh, So, (laughs) yeah, it was, looking back on it, it felt normal. Even though, at the time, but right now, it's like, no, 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 that was abnormal. Yeah, it was abnormal. One of the most abnormal things, another time when I thought you were going to get me fired, was (laughs) uh, when I had asked you to meet me. Oh, yeah. Uh, So, this is skipping ahead a bit, because this is when I left the White House to go to the campaign. Yeah, we were married already, so we'll go back to engagement, but... This is just a funny White House story, which is, um, so if you're a departing staffer, you'll you'll sometimes uh, get a photo in the Oval with the president, a departure photo, and you could bring family if you want. And uh, I asked Melissa to come, so she was going to meet me. It was a busy day, so the, the, the photo, I think, was taking place Maybe not on my very last day working at the White House, but it was like my last week. And so I was, I, I told Melissa, like, just get through security and meet me. And so for those of you who don't, so there's the White House and then there's the executive office building. They're all within the same security per, uh, sort of uh, perimeter. Um, and you could walk freely in terms of, there's no sort of physical barrier between between the two. Uh, the vast majority of White House office staffers actually don't work in the White House. They work in the executive office building. 
Melissa didn't know that space too well because my office, the office of the faith-based office was on Jackson Place, which is an idyllic place to work. I loved working there, but that's in the row of townhouses in front of the White House. So I told Melissa, get through security um, and meet me uh, outside the executive office building. I think I said on Executive Avenue. Uh, so she, you know, gets in. I'm running late. Um, but I head over and I'm looking for her. She's not there. And it's like, uh, babe, we, it's, like, it's like the president of the United States, like, can you be on time? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, I, I'm trying to get a hold of her. She calls me and is like, Michael, uh, I don't think I'm where I'm supposed to be, but I'm afraid to leave. And I'm like, babe, where are you? And she's like, I'm in the White House. And I'm like, in the in the white, I, I'm like, babe, you're not even cleared to be in the White House. How are you in the White House? And she's like, I don't know. I'm just in the White House. <laughs> so, so here's my side of the story. There are two main, two entrances into the West Wing. And you told me to meet me at the doors. Uh, the Executive Avenue entrance. Yes. Yeah. Well, I went inside. <laughs> and so I'm Why in, not? I, you're already there. I'm in the West Wing lobby and I'm waiting. And all of a sudden, Secret Service come out into the lobby and they're like, Hello, who are you? Um, you can't be in here. And I said, my name is Melissa Ware. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm meeting my husband, Michael Ware. I'm supposed to be here. And immediately when they asked me, I knew. I thought, oh, I am not supposed to be here. But when in these types of situations, it was fight or flight. <laughs> and so I'm like, nope, I'm going to act with authority as if I'm supposed to be here and see what happens. <laughs> Instead of being like, oh, 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 and you know, and then having the having them escort me out or something like that, I was like, no, 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 oh, approach it as if they're wrong and you're right. And so I said, no, oh, I'm supposed to be goodness. here. And I'm I'm still like shaking, uh, just hearing and the they, retelling of guess this. Guess what? They accepted it. So I just sat there, and meanwhile, out comes the president with Brian Williams because the president <laughs> had been shooting an interview with Brian Williams, and so they're standing directly in front of me, you know, chatting after the interview or whatever. And I'm just no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. It was the middle of the interview. They're doing a oh, walk yeah. and talk. Oh, yeah. So this is... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. So this is... Uh, oh, yeah. For those of you who remember, Brian Williams <laughs> had like a late night, I think it was like a 10 to 11 p.m. Eastern show called 30 Rock. Yes. Right? right? Yes. 30, Rock or, 30 or, Rock or, or yeah. live from... He, he had a... He had a um, an NBC or MSNBC sort of uh, nightly show, uh, and honestly, so Melissa did have a credential. It was yes, just a. I'm allowed to. It was just yes. a. a, a it, her credential was one that said that you you needed to be accompanied by a staffer, that you couldn't just be wandering the White House grounds uh, on, by your own. But usually you. Um, like Secret Service aren't like, you know, going all around the the West Wing all the time. It's the West Wing is generally a workplace, so it was unusual for Melissa to be stopped by Secret Service folks, except for the fact that the president was walking through like that specific area of the West Wing. So I mean, it was it was comedic timing, folks. I walk in nervous because I know she's where she's not supposed to be. I'm worried. Uh, 
Rom's gonna see her and start cussing at her. <laughs> No, well, I, I would have told him very, I'm supposed to be here. Ron was a very sweet guy. Okay. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, I walk in. The, the second I open the West Wing door, I see a cameraman walking backwards and President Obama and Brian Williams talking with Secret Service staff, like trailing them. And Melissa's head is like in between the shoulder like in between the heads of two secret service guys just in the thick of the shot we never watched the interview and i think because they turned the other way to go up towards the oval uh that the camera wouldn't have gotten melissa but she she was like right there so i took her i'm like okay babe (laughs) so we we like uh, I took her up through the staff offices, so we were sure not to see the president again <laughs> until until we were in the Oval. But uh, but so yeah, that was a very yeah, memorable. You stayed angry at me only for five seconds because I told you what I did, and you were like, "Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I, exactly." Actually, I was like, I was like "What?" I was like, "Whatever." In a tight situation, speak with authority, and uh, you might get through it. Yeah. So so that was good. It did bring to mind uh, so one more story before the engagement, Melissa, which is oh boy, which one? Uh, there's a West Wing receptionist by the name of Darian Page. Darian Page is one of the loveliest people in the world. She's, um, she served in the military, was West Wing receptionist, moved on to lead veterans outreach for the Office of Public Engagement. I think since then, she's had a number of, uh, roles including i think she had a uh, led policy director for lyft i want to say and she's a wonderful mother she's beautiful kids she married a fellow white house staffer uh who's also just incredible and so um but this story takes place when she was west wing receptionist Uh, i had a meeting in the roosevelt room the Roosevelt Room is a secure, semi-secure. It's not the Situation Room, but I mean the main thing is no one's you're not allowed to have a cell phone uh, in the room, and so there's like a cabinet outside the room uh, where you just drop your cell phone in and pick it up on the way out. So I I do that. I had uh, a flip phone. Uh, this was probably 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. I have a flip phone, uh, old school. Uh, we ha- we do the meeting. I'm talking with uh, someone on the way out. I forget to pick up my phone. An hour later, I'm sitting at my desk and uh, going, where's my phone? Oh, man, I left it in the Roosevelt room. <laughs> so I... I run back over to the West Wing. Uh, my phone's there. Thank goodness. Look at the recent calls. And there is an outgoing call uh, from the last hour uh, to Love Muffin. <laughs> Love Muffin was Melissa. That was how she was entered into my contacts. It was supposed to be a joke. It was supposed to be a joke. I mean, but really all those things are supposed to be jokes, but I mean, like... I am the love muffin. You are the love muffin. 
and then I knew uh, that someone, and I had a had an inkling who, uh, like knew my secret. So so I like walk over sheepishly to Darian, and I'm just like, thanks for checking on my phone, and she's like, you got it, you know. Tell, tell Love Muffin I said hi. <laughs> and, uh, man, so, uh, so yeah, so that's good. Another quick Love Muffin-related story. First year in the White House, um, Joshua Dubois, who was my boss, uh, let me leave the office early to go see Buffalo Sabres game uh, versus the Caps. I went by myself. Great experience. I'm opening up my phone. And this dude sitting behind me with his girlfriend sees I'm texting with you and goes, love muffin. And his it was clear that he and it, they weren't married. It was a girlfriend. She goes, I think that's cute. And they fought for the rest of the night. I mean, I think I just completely. I um, love causing a little chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, babe. Let's, let's talk engagement, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, in 2009, you started the White House. We had been talking about literally spending the rest of our lives with one another since January of 2007, you know, about eight, nine months into the relationship. Um, And so we talked about getting married for a long time. Um, So like the year 2009, I was like, all right. Lindsay gonna propose to me. Let's do this. Drop some hints as to what kind of ring I liked and I wanted. Um, and I just waited and waited and waited and waited. And so we get to January of 2010, February of 2010, and I am getting angry. I was so angry by the time that you proposed and so surprised because I thought, he's never gonna propose to me. What am I gonna do? Is this relationship gonna end? Um, and then March 19th comes. And do you wanna do you wanna tell the story? Yeah. So I had had the ring for months. I think I I actually got it when I was home for Christmas. Yep. Uh, That's what you always told me. And so I had it since late two thousand nine. But I had a particular proposal in mind that was difficult to secure. Uh, when Melissa and I, we had our first date at the Buffalo Tap Room, I asked her what was one thing she'd always dreamed of. And Melissa, she has this like IR liberal arts bent, but she also has this science, very like methodical sort of bent her as well. When she was younger, she was considering either like international affairs or she was thinking, uh, astronomy um she loved space she you know um well she told me at our date i've always wanted to look through one of those like a hubble like one of those big telescopes um so i made a mental note this one tip for the fellas out there make mental notes of what the lady says um and uh I'm working at the White House and think, you know, I got some access to some pretty sweet telescopes. Uh, And one of them uh, is at the residence of Vice President Joseph 
Biden. And so I got the ring. I let the vice president's staff know what I was thinking about. And they got to work for me. Now, um, can't go into like all the background here still, but uh, it took a while to get this set up uh, to the point where um, the vice president was getting briefed on the situation and uh, I had been told that the vice president had a call to the secretary of the navy so the vice president uh lives at the naval observatory the the navy uh has oversight over the observatory um over the over the telescope um and so they were they had to negotiate with the navy for this well apparently there was some other issue with the property that the vice president's office and the navy they were negotiating something else it wasn't going too well there were some like bad feelings whatever um and so the navy wasn't being as amicable with my with my needs as 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 i would have liked them to be um and so i was told the vice president had a call on his uh, schedule to talk about <laughs> me being able to propose to my girlfriend at the Naval Observatory with the Secretary of the Navy. Thankfully, uh, that call never had to take place. No one wanted that call to happen, and it got worked out on the staff level. Um, I, uh, and so we had a date set. Vice President, Senior Policy Advisor, is like, we got you a date. I do have to say... Um, you, it won't be just the two of you. Uh, the Navy said that they'd do it, but that you'd have to join uh, a current tour that was planned. And she's like, Michael, that, that tour is with uh, a troop of uh, uh, Girl Scouts. You'll be, with, you'll be with a troop of Brownies. Uh, I'm like, cool, yeah, whatever. You know, like I'd have this ring burn a hole in my pocket for, for months. Like, let's, let's go, sweet. Girl Scouts, let's do it. Uh, so we went the the, the morning that I was engaged, uh, proposing to Melissa. I picked up flowers at a uh, florist that's still open. I walk past it when I'm downtown and get nostalgic. I mean, the whole thing makes me nostalgic. But I <laughs> I brought flowers to three of the vice president's staffers, including Buffalo's own Liz Allen, yes, uh, and Evan Ryan and Daniel Boren, forever hold a place in my my heart uh and then i t i hadn't told you anything i hadn't told you we were going to the naval observatory nope I told you look i just got some things planned we went out to dinner you just told me to dress up and we were going to go to told the you cafe dress up. paradiso we went to cafe paradiso in woodley yep you had too much wine <laughs> we, he ordered we, we a could, bottle of pinot grigio we could leave that out but i mean i mean i mean i, I think it's central to the story no but, i was yeah, I was, I had a lot of wine. Yes. And so <laughs> we, we, so we get to the Naval Observatory. Melissa's partially tipsy. And then uh, she realizes like what we're doing. Oh, so the other piece of this is Naval Observatory is right next door to the British Council. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, the British Embassy where I worked for ended up working for seven years. But you weren't working there at the time. No, I wasn't working at the time. Yeah, I was okay. in college. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Because we yeah, look was, back and we think how how hilarious yeah, that I you ended up ended working, up working there for seven across years. like across the street from where I proposed to you. So we get there. The tour is wonderful. Near the end of the tour, tour guide is like, "Do you know what? Since you've had to share this tour with with this group, um, why don't you let the Girl Scouts look through the telescope, and then I'll give you to some privacy so you could just really enjoy it and not have a whole bunch of kids uh, around you." I'm like, "Good looking out, homie." Uh, and so that happened. The, the Girl Scout. A troop leaves. The tour guide closes the door. Uh, Melissa's looking at the telescope. Uh, I'm looking at Saturn. Uh, well, so all of a sudden I hear the Girl Scout troop squeal. <laughs> I mean, just like just like 18 middle school age girls just squeal. And I'm like, oh, he told them. You know, he finally told them why we were on the tour with them. Uh, which I'll, that's that's one of my favorite parts of this whole story. That now all of a sudden these girls knew I was proposing to you, um, and so yeah. I mean, we won't get into. I mean, Melissa, you can say what you want, but you were looking through the telescope. I had my uh, I wrote out a speech on my BlackBerry <laughs> that I'm I memorized. It is probably now foyable. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's now part of the Presidential Records Act, uh, and and I proposed to you, and we got to like stay in the room, see Saturn. The guy came back and he showed us, you know, he could he could move the telescope uh, to different planets and things. So, and it was just a beautiful, beautiful night. Yeah. Uh, and any anything you wanna share from that? Yeah. Y'all, this entire tour because we pulled up to this observatory and it's British embassy, New Zealand embassy. We went up more towards the New Zealand embassy and I was like, Oh, you take me to New Zealand embassy and you finally point next door. And I'm like, well, the Naval observatory. And I, you know, I'm walking in and I'm like, Oh, and I was like, oh, are you going to go look at the telescope? So I'm like a kid in a candy store. I'm like telescope, 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 telescope. Um, and so I was so excited during this entire tour just because I thought like, Oh, this is a great date night. He's taking me to, you know, actually look at something through one of like the like world's biggest telescopes. And so, you know, we get to that part where we're alone in the room and I'm looking at Saturn. Folks, I am concentrated on Saturn. I am memorizing those rings because I'm like so deep into nerddom that you tap me on the shoulder and I turn around and you launch into this speech. And I'm just like, oh, that's so sweet. Oh, thank you. Oh, And it wasn't until he pulled out the ring box and the ring box came with a light inside, which was good looking out because we were in the dark and I wouldn't have been able to see the ring. And it's not until I finally see that where I'm like, Oh, 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 that's why you're single this. Like, I was oblivious because I was just so concentrated on the fact that I was looking through this telescope. I never even heard those Girl Scouts squeal, like, because I was just in the zone. But yes, I mean, everything after that was such a blur because that astronomer came back in and he was all business with, like, here's this, here's this. He was like, hey, congrats, guys. Okay, now let's look at this. Yeah. And I was kind of like, what? <laughs> it was like whiplash. And then he opened up the balcony. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a balcony that, you know, runs up around at least part of the, the observatory room. We went on the balcony and we took photos. We have these selfies from, like, our digital camera um, of that time. Michael has photos of me looking through the telescope of that time. And, yeah, and I called my mom from that balcony. Yep. My parents, my mom and dad, I called them from the balcony. 
Um, and my, my parents had been waiting with bated breath like the whole day yeah. for that phone call. And um, I can't remember. Because I had asked your father to meet me at Tim Hortons, which is the place to ask a man if he'll uh, bless your uh, asking his daughter to, to marry you. Uh, so they, they, they knew. They were fully briefed. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, like I started texting everyone, you know, brother, like uh, my friends, Catherine and Melanie. Melanie was in Chile. Catherine was in Edinburgh. Rachel, my other, my, one of my other dear friends, she was the only one in D.C. So I was like calling her right away because I was like, you're awake. You're, so I need to tell you this. Uh, yeah, it was it was a very good proposal. It was so romantic. And it and it, it was just so thoughtful. And I couldn't believe that you remembered. And then I ended up working next to it for seven years. And I told everybody who I worked with, I was like, hey, I was proposed to in that observatory. Yeah. Shout out to President Biden. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, made it all possible. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it was... That, that, that story really conveys... I mean, obviously, a lot about our relationship. Also conveys, like... How weird and rarefied and just confusing it was to mm-hmm. to be swept up in that job and all that kind of stuff. So, all right, so we we got you up to engagement, and uh, y'all know uh, quite a bit about us and our story. Now, I think we'll we'll end the story for there. Uh, uh, we'll end the story there. Uh, to be continued. Melissa, any, anything else that's on your mind or heart before we uh, tell the folks goodbye? No. I always love telling that story with you. Yeah, no, I love it too. Love Not it. as much as I love making fun of you for breaking up with me at a funeral parlor, but, you know, yeah, it's, it's right up there. Yeah. All right, let's go watch uh, the Stranger Things finale. Oh, I can't wait. Fam, it was, uh, it was great talking with you. Uh, thanks for uh, listening. Uh, We love sharing a bit about our lives uh, and our life together. Tell Uh, us how you got engaged. If you that's a great that's a great thing. Tell us how you met a significant other. We want engagement stories. We want yes, please. Um, You could reply to uh, the emails that you get if you're a Reclaiming Hope subscriber at reclaiminghope.substack.com. Send us an audio file. We might use it on the podcast, but really, we just love to hear uh, hear your stories. Um, that's a great idea, Melissa. Yeah. All right, folks. It was great being with you for Where Is the Love? Happy Fourth. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.